Okay, welcome back to another edition of Boots, Balls and Bras. I have a very smug Farrah Williams alongside me, fully dressed in her winter attire. (laughs) (laughs) After this week's results, Um, so much to talk about. Uh, The tables definitely shifting, moving up and down. Um, Great talking points. We've got returns back to the game. We've got injuries. Um, And yeah, we've just got another week of football. Farrah. Where do we start? Start well, with, let's start with, with start, yeah. you've got your clothes on. That's the first. Uh, yeah, guys, I knew, I, I was never in doubt. I mean, I got a few texts over the weekend, people mm. asking me, can't wait to eat in your birthday suit. So those of you that shouted that out, it's a bit weird, but anyway. January, January. Yeah, January's <laughs> a birthday. I was thinking it's a bit early. So I've come in my hoodie. I was going to wear my Arsenal shirt, but it don't fit anymore. Uh, <laughs> so so we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that game because that was one of the key games over the weekend. But we'll start with the results of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chelsea were the earlier kickoff. Um, on the Saturday, they beat West Ham 2-0. Man United, shock result, 1-1 one, one with Leicester. We'll come on to that one because that's a big talking point. Manchester City, 5-0 winners against Bristol. Arsenal, my team of the weekend. Thank you very much. 2-1 winners over Aston Villa, okay. as I said. Brighton, 1, Spurs, 3. And Liverpool, nil. Everton, 1 in the Merseyside derby. But we can only start at one place. And obviously, that's because I'm big and smug today. <laughs> Arsenal at the Emirates, another packed crowd. Um, big win. Big win. But what about the performance? You were there. so I, I, I was there. Um, I guess just weighing it up, Arsenal were definitely the dominant team. Um, Villa were good in, in patches. And like I said, just in terms of their threat up front, obviously they had daily. But once they got into that final third, they never really looked like testing Arsenal, which was, was disappointing. So for me, I guess... As a neutral watching it, I always thought Arsenal would get a goal. Um, they left it really, really, really late. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely out of the two teams, I would have, I guess, gave Arsenal uh, the win. Uh, but yes, some great performances. I definitely want to give a big shout out to Lucy Staniforth, who in the middle yeah, you was... Yeah, that. Yeah, just... You know, like, we, we know how good Kim is. Mm. And I think... She was just like a, she's just like an unsung hero. She was the only player that could not necessarily contain her, but like stop her being as like making those decisive passes, Mm. like making her kind of be on the back foot. And yeah, just always trying to find the best pass. Otherwise, Lucy was in that line of of blocking it. So a really good standout performance from from her. For me, she was definitely player of the match. How much did you pay Lucy? How much did you pay No, she did. Definitely player of the match in in that game. Um, But. Yeah, good to see to see Beth back, obviously, and and Arsenal getting the win. But other than that, of course, I'm not I'm not, ha- I'm not happy said, today. Guys, can you tell guys I'm as, not happy? As I said, guys, Arsenal was never going to lose at the Emirates. I don't care what you said. Can I wait? There, can they, I just add? Let's go. What are you going to add? Uh? If that game was at Boreham Wood, I don't think Arsenal would have won. The, the crowd and the fans, so they're doing something great. So mm. well done to Arsenal in terms of the marketing. Because of that crowd, that was definitely their twelfth player, and that got them over the line because they did they were relentless no, I was gonna, throughout i was so, gonna yeah. say because even like like obviously I, I watched some of it guys i had to switch off after a while because yeah stressing um <laughs> but obviously they dominated possession but i'm still like people said like, the, the following the, the week before that when they played united and they were better and they were improved they still don't look threatening in front of goal right even the stats back that up 28 shots on goal mm-hmm. four on target four on target yeah so if you're only hitting four on target, you're lucky you're getting two. That's actually, for shots on target, that's actually quite a good conversion rate. Mm-hmm. 
to you know what I mean two two and four. But I'm like, but the amount of possession they're having, amount of like at times they're getting into to good areas and into the final third. For me, Earth, how much Russo? I thought she was good. I thought she tried too hard though. I feel like she was trying too hard to link play, make something happen, which meant she spent a lot of time outside the box. Hundred percent. Right? Just gonna say that Arsenal are good in wide areas. Russo's good in the box. They when they get into wide areas, I don't I don't like the inverted wingers for mm. Arsenal with the quality. So it's in the quality of personnel they have. So like like Kim normally normally joins in the box yeah. and makes up numbers. They weren't getting numbers in the box. Caitlin Ford on the left hand side, cutting back on her right. Katie McCabe, the same on the right-hand side, cutting back on the left. Mm-hmm. So every time they broke the Villa back line, which they were really compact and, and deep, yeah. every time they did get beyond that where they could get an early cross, they couldn't get one in. Yeah. And it was so frustrating because that's their qualities they have. Definitely. If Beth Mead was played and started out on that right ahead of, say, Katie McCabe and Katie was on the left naturally, mm-hmm. I think they would have had better chances created in that final third if no, they had that personnel. I, d- I definitely agree. I think uh, um, Alicia Russo picked up the ball quite deep, deep. and was always that link player so there was no one really at the top of the tree like causing a threat mm-hmm. to that back line so everything was in front of them they could defend it and it not easy but in terms of obviously Arsenal's got the quality to go and beat a player but other than that I don't think like you said it just weren't like clinical no. shot. it was shots and goals and, and they created that yard to, to have no. the shots but it wasn't something that was we've, we've broken lines we've turned players we've, we've gotten away and we're getting a shot off so Definitely something to to work on, but they 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 went back to the four at the back, four three three. I actually did. prefer them with that. I actually think they look better like that. They're more comfortable like that. I still think Katie needs to be down this left hand side. I was just about to say, but not and probably top. even probably deeper earth, even that natural coming on to play. But you got mm. a goal from that deeper 100%. position, reading it, understanding when to join in. I felt like she's better when she's coming from that position. Probably better than Catley in that position to do that. And with the return of Beth Mead, mm. and obviously I think Black Sinius, I think she could be used better in a wider area. Her pace to get beyond and stretch, especially when um, Russo comes deeper mm-hmm. and you need that out to in run. That's a little bit. Who does that? Yeah. Caitlin Ford ain't doing that. Katie McCabe ain't doing that right now. So the, are they, I think like they're expecting Russo to do two roles in there. And I think, like you said, I think mm-hmm. Black Stenius would could definitely be. I think she is the key player in terms of like getting goals, mm-hmm. being clinical and maybe... Rusa has to play a different role, but she's used to scoring goals. Yeah. And obviously she's good enough to do it. But I think in terms of just the way they play and obviously she's quite strong. She likes to hold the ball up, set it. That's her type of game. So I'm thinking Black Stena, she's just, she's, she's clinical. She's no, no, prolific. You she wants goals. Started to grin her, can't no, you? she wants to No, she wants, no, 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 not even about that. Cause I'm on about Russo's goal. <laughs> And you no, know, no, oh, no, no, but you know, last week I made the comment that Dom Zeller will be running down oh. M6. <laughs> She'll be reversing back down it hey. after that, right? I, I, the only thing I she has to save it. The only thing has to save it. Wait there, wait there. I can't. Linda, Linda. I'm laughing. In my I head. think she must have saw it late. That's, that's that's the only thing I can think of. There's nothing else that doesn't go in. Late. In, in it any come from time. distance. It bubbled, bubbled. Earther. Can I just try and put an next? I just think Dom because... Sellers reversing back down the M6, yeah, because but Jonas would be like, I might as well just keep my two that I got. <laughs> Mate, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I'm joking. It's... I'm just trying to put something on it, but that needed to be saved. It needed. It, it should have been saved. Yeah, it should have been, saved. been saved. And we we give goalkeepers praise when they do really well, mm-hmm. and when there's opportunities where they could do better, then obviously we have to we have to highlight that as well. But Mido, I was gonna say the return. Mido, the return of Mido. It's straight impact earth. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, a touch, she'd obviously, like, in terms of the assist for Russo's goal, mm-hmm. she obviously had a heavy touch. And in my head, I'm thinking, she ain't going to go for that. You know, when you come back off the back of an ACL, big injury, you're mm-hmm. kind of a little bit hesitant. She didn't care. 
Yeah. You see, see how she stretched length and I'm thinking, woo. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she got an assist and obviously had an impact in that 12, 14 minutes, what, 12 minutes at a time. You can talk to me about that in a minute. But yeah, she had she had an impact and it's, it's great to see that she's actually back. And now she has to start building her minutes because mm-hmm. I think she's a, a big and key part to this Arsenal team, you know, moving forward. But 12 minutes at a time. Yeah, 100%. I think even just when Beth was even warming up, it's crowd, like, didn't it? it was like a fortress. Like, I promise you, like every time she even done a calf stretch, they were like, Wait. I was, was like, she playing to it? Mate, well, she, you know, well, she, she's earned the right, right? In terms of, of like having that crowd behind her. Um, so yeah, Beth was, it was, a, it was good to see, see her back. Obviously someone who's had an ACL injury, it's not easy to, to recover, but. You've had one, right? So the psychological to... comeback, because she did it on that pitch, right? She mm-hmm. did it at the Emirates. So to return there as well as in your first minute, like what would that be like? I ain't had that. I mean, God, I ain't gonna get one yeah. now. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I guess you've been training so long, and I guess physically you know it's ready because mm-hmm. you've done all the rehab. You've you've been out. You've done the running. You've taken all those stages. Um, I guess from a mental point of view, you have to then shift in terms of you have to just trust that it's right. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to perform at that level mm-hmm. again. So I guess your love for the game just kind of overrides that. And I'm sure she would have been that doing like training games and stuff yeah. before she'd gone out to, to obviously a full match. But yeah, I think just naturally, just autopilot, it just kind of kicks in. I think scared. if you don't do it though. I'm yeah, <laughs> So I'll give you, scared. so when I done my first one, obviously the rehab and stuff was like super good when I was at Charlton and the women's team was there and then the women's team folded. And I done my other one. I kind of knew what to do from before, mm-hmm. so I kind of rehabbed it myself. But yeah. then, in your mind, you're almost like, mm, oh. like I can I can say it's right, but where's the like official person mm-hmm. who's like it's right? So, yeah. And then after a while, I guess once you just get out there and you do a couple of turns and you not make someone, then you, you she, know you're back in the she game. Did all right, she's well, she's back, and and for Arsenal, that's only a positive. They've got a couple more to come back, Miedema and mm. and Leah, but. Uh, that's the positive from Arsenal. Three mm-hmm. points, so they're, they're now picked up four points from, from three games. Obviously, a slow start from them. The return of Mead, positive. But so many people have, like, Instagram tweeted us about the squad photo. Oh. And obviously, it's Black History Month, so it's something that we probably shouldn't avoid. And maybe, as will be an answer to the question, maybe have an opinion of what we think of Arsenal, basically put their squad photo out and no player of diverse background within that picture for probably... The last two in three years has that been now? I think. Yeah, obviously you've got Michelle, who's obviously gone on loan to Watford, so that's one player who's sort of come out of that photo. And I think we can't we can't beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Like for for me as an Arsenal player, signed for Arsenal when I was twelve, like we had so much diversity in the team, from Neats to Rochelle Shakes to Alex Scott to Yankee. There were so many people. Mary Phillips, Mary Leanne Phillips Sanderson. to Leanne. Yeah, yeah so loads, many. Yeah. That's what I mean mm-hmm. to even to look at. And I think. Because it's a London club as Dan well. Carter, like, when you think, yeah, there's been like there's there, so sorry. much opportunity to have diversity in that team. And I guess when you're when you're looking at the other side of London, you look at Chelsea, mm-hmm. they've got a wealth of diversity. So mm. whether that's homegrown players or whether they've gone out to the US or wherever mm. across Europe, even in Manchester, look, they've got players in. Mm. What is it in terms of I don't know, is it a recruitment thing? Like, how do you feel as a diverse player that Arsenal potentially could be the club that you can play for? I think that's, for me, it's not really a blame game. I'm trying to think, like, how does a young girl believe Mm. that this is a club 
where I could be a player and I can represent my local team because mm. there's no one there that tells me that could be the the team that I play for. And that goes for schools, that goes for youth clubs. We look at even the younger year, like year groups. We look at Ian Wright's granddaughter, she plays for the youth team. Mm. Does she see her, where does, does she, does she think actually I'm going to break the boundary yeah. as a young under 10 player? Like why am I having to think that? So where mm. is the example? And I, and I think for me as well, from a recruitment point of view, we look at the World Cup, most of the players who are getting like player of the match, team mm. of the week, it's extremely diverse. Mm, mm, so mm. what is that? Recruit- well, Tottenham, their rivalries as yeah. well, just across there. What is the recruitment process? Mm. So I guess it's just a, a question. And I'm sure, I guess I'm from, an, from an FA point of view, obviously we we talk about, and this is obviously my own opinion, mm. we talk about the diversity in terms of the Lionesses and it's something that we're working on. But mm. actually the feeding pool for that mm. comes from our clubs. Yeah. So if we're not even what having the them clubs at our club levels to bring them in. What are Arsenal doing? Like, that's a thing. Like, I mean, look, I've got a good relationship with Jonas. And mm-hmm. it, it's maybe that's something that, you know, I'm sure he will be keen to either come on or have a conversation with us about. But what's changed with, like, the community work that they're doing, for example, in terms of that kind of recruitment? Because you think of, like, when you was a kid playing and even when I was playing against Arsenal back in the day in, you know, mini tournaments, mm-hmm. the amount of diversity we saw within the Arsenal team and you kind of saw a pathway through into the seniors in terms of a player of a diverse background, but they don't seem to be that. So what yeah. has changed over the years that doesn't... Is it, do you reckon it's because they've come out of London now? Remember there used to be like loads of little hubs they used to do, yeah. and now they're out in St. Albans, for example. Is that something? Yeah. Like, could it be? I, like, I'm I don't know, think, because they've got even, like... Even, like, even when you think about world-class players that you want to bring in, yeah, like signings to make your team stronger, they haven't done that this summer with, with recruitment. Exactly. So it's they're not getting them from abroad. They're not getting them from local. And even if I l- use myself and Rachel as an example, we're from West London. Mm. So we went from West to North. Mm-mm. So we're talking about like a London wide thing. Like it's like, yeah. how are they, how are you not getting, how are clubs not getting that level of diversity when there's players across London and mm. London is a super diverse place. Yeah, sure. So, this is this is the question, like, and who's looking? Like, is it important? Who's looking at it? Because like, so for, for me, there's so much hidden talent. Uh, from you think about diversity in, in estates, and that's what where we grew up, kind mm-hmm. of urban estates or whatever, and how much diverse players that was brought through because there was opportunity for youth clubs, for example, mm-hmm. that then was filtered through to say, for example, Centre of Excellence, which is now academies. Mm-hmm. Like, is that still happening? Like in schools, are there people like going into schools, recruiting within schools? I know obviously youth clubs have been cut and there's not as many as there was, but what is actually being done? Like, because don't tell me that all of a sudden now in London, there's no players of diverse background that are good enough to play women's football at the highest level. And I guess the the first layer of this obviously is diversity in terms of skin colour, because we can quite Mm -hmm. obviously see it. Mm -hmm. But actually it's diverse of individuals, like mindsets, like different classes. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much that... What class am I in? (laughs) <laughs> you, you're sitting outside <laughs> you've been chucked out you've been chucked Top out of, of class, class. You're, yeah literally All like right. just because you were the geek no, but I'm just saying like how mm. much more does that bring to the culture of a team mm-hmm. like if you just have one like mindset or yeah. one group think way then when you need to get yourself out of situations or when think you need to dig a bit deep who's that person or mm. are they going to say oh is that half of the problem though at Arsenal then Let's just have a, let's just hug yeah. it out. No, but I'm saying, is that half of the problem? Because I don't you, know. as you say, people from different backgrounds or, or, or in terms of mentality and thought mm. process and whatever else, as you say, sometimes in Arsenal have struggled. Mm. Has it been too much of the same that no one ain't took that initiative to make something happen differently on the pitch? Mm. 
maybe let's maybe the fans we should hear from the fans like yeah. what do, what do they think like yeah, are they happy tweeted, that, haven't they wanting to know about it yeah so. but dude like let us know like are you happy with your club or is it just about actually we just want to be winning to be fair mm. like first and foremost let's get what's right on the pitch right or actually do you feel represented because mm. when I even when I was at the Emirates I was it was very diverse in terms mm-hmm. of the crowd so I'm yeah. like the fan groups there yeah like everything else is there apart mm. from the representation on the pitch and for me, we have loads of initiative. When I see people taking the knee and everyone on the pitch has nothing related to the knee other than maybe an ally, mm. it's a little bit difficult to say, okay, what, what do we do next? I don't know when you guys used to take the knee, what happened for the rest of the week after them taking no, the knee? No, nothing. And that was something that Dan Carter was, obviously she was at Reading at the time I was there and it was a case of still trying to educate mm-hmm. all of us. Um but yeah, her thing was, okay, we take the knee, but what do we do after that? So that was all so, that, like, like something that she was trying to get the club to think about mm-hmm. outside of every week, just doing the knee just because, which is what it, it felt like for her. Yeah. We're doing it, but actually what work is going on behind the scenes to educate anybody else or community doing whatever X, Y, and Z. So you're right. What does go on behind the scenes after the knee for players, you know, are... are are they educated any further? Do they have to think any further into it? Or is it just a, a tick box? We have to do it because that's what everyone's doing now. We want to yeah. still, you know, make people aware that it's important. Yeah, well, it's definitely an important conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to maybe get some some players' opinions in terms of mm-hmm. maybe what they feel. Obviously fans say what, what they say, but actually let's see if we can speak to a couple of players. And at us. At, at us. DM, at, DM. at BBB and um, get some opinions. But heading up north... To United, your team, <sighs> my your team. team. You know what? It's hard though, isn't it? Like we're, we're saying, the draw to Leicester. Leicester are much improved. Top of the table, Second? Leicester. They were before they the were, game. They were. They were. They're un, they're, they're, they're unbeaten in, in three. They're doing well. They're doing well this time last season. As Willie Kirk keeps reminding us, Willie. <laughs> you didn't have this many points last season at this stage, so you're doing well. But Man United are bad more fixtures mm-hmm. in terms of like that champion they only played what was it Wednesday night I can't remember now was it Wednesday night Tuesday night yeah against PSG they're obviously preparing for is it the return leg this week isn't it yes correct so and then you saw they mixed they changed a few players for the game against Leicester at the weekend do you think that I mean Tooney was on the bench for the first time in I don't even know the complete stats but in, in a long time we haven't seen Tooney on the bench have we for uh, a long period at, at United sorry and she was on the bench mm. on Sunday so did that have an impact on how they started? Because we've seen Mark for, for Mark Skinner, he loves to play the mm-hmm. same team. Yeah. Was he having one eye on the, the return leg out in PSG and kind of thought Leicester is a team that any of our squad potentially could have got the three points from? And at home as well, which is, they're strong at home. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd think so. And I'd hope they do think so. Yeah. Obviously, in terms of the growth of Man United, um, they've got a good enough squad, I believe, to be able to, Rotate. win mm. and rotate against against Leicester um, for me it also shows I guess where the club's going in terms of prioritising Champions League it's something where mm-hmm. yes we haven't won the league domestically here but as part of that transition we want to be able to still be competing mm. in Europe as well as making progress domestically so yes disappointing not to take all three points Um but I think it it will be a part of a learning curve, I think, in terms of the squad. It'll, it'll be good learning for the squad. Mm. Um, I'm assuming this week in training, as 
maybe gone up a bit of a level because he would have trusted those players to go out and get those three points and it hasn't happened. Mm. Um, so again, we have to earn the right to play in in the team. So yeah, I think it just, it lifts everyone in terms of what we do next. But I think I'm talking like I'm part, I'm part of the... Uh, I know, the, 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 I know, I was like, wait, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can think, see United all over your top, so yeah. But yeah, I think... I see you unzipped it just for this chat as well. It's definitely... Uh, <laughs> Definitely two two points dropped. Um, even though obviously Leicester's made progress and, mm. and are doing well, you'd expect a United team to to take all three points. That's three draws now on the bounce. Mm. Obviously they've got the draw at Arsenal, uh, then the draw at PSG, and now a draw against Leicester. But in terms of the stats, sixty four percent possession, so they dominated possession. Mm-hmm. Shots twenty eight on target, one goal, and that was a comeback goal as yeah. well. It's not like they took the lead with that compared to Leicester. Obviously thirty six percent possession, four shots on goal. Uh, two on target, one goal come from that. Yeah. So uh, like in terms I said, of dominance, I, like I can imagine Mark would have been happy with that, mm-hmm. but just not happy coming away with, with one point because as much as I know their focus will be Champions League and how far they can get, I think he still has to have one eye on the league. Yeah, he, definitely. He has to be, you, know, you, you talk about Chelsea all the way last year. They're not yeah. going to, even the year before, they pushed to get into that Champions League spot. You don't want to, now because you've reached that level in terms of now in the Champions League, now forget a little bit about league mm-hmm. form, for example, and, and focus on Champions League because they need to be in Champions League next year. 100%. Are they going to win the Champions League this year? I would suggest not. Opinions are, if you I've think Chelsea said, anyway. I've <laughs> but I'm saying, so they need to finish top three. Definitely. And I, they're obviously good enough to, to obviously do that. I think, forget about Mark being disappointed. I think the players would be super mm. disappointed. Like, they're at that point now, I think, as a squad where they expect a certain amount from themselves collectively mm. um, and that didn't happen so they'll look back at this performance if we get to the end of the season and there's points dropped Dropped. Mm. this will definitely be one of those fixtures where they'll be like yeah Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mate, but lesser earth. Like, Willie Kirk, to turn yeah. them around, you think like last year they were getting absolutely peppered at this stage. Mm-hmm. I know he keeps talking about it in his interviews this stage last season. I keep <laughs> laughing about it. But he's right. Last year, every game they come into, in terms of their organisation, mm-hmm. in terms of their discipline, as, a, as an, uh, whether it be an 11 or a, as a squad, teams were battering them. Yeah. Now they seem well, well organised. They seem hard to break down. They're conceding a lot less goals and they're able to nick on that in, in, in those transition moments and get goals. Mm. Like, the job he's done has to be credited. He's obviously now recruited in the summer. He's done some good recruitment in the summer. Mm-hmm. Bought a couple of players that he wanted in. Few outs, few ins. Sophie Howard, though, at the weekend. Amazing. Uh, again, an- another big performance from her at, at centre-half. Mm-hmm. But he's got to be credited, no? 100%. And I think... Players as well. Don't get me wrong, players. No, but players I'm saying as the well, job that he's done to turn that around. I think I think the club as a whole, I think if you look at the, the governance of the club, obviously he was in that sort of not on the picture. Well, you were role. laughing only a year ago at some of the drills they were doing. But he's with, come, with the old so coach. he's yeah. so he's come out. Wasn't, of the, he wasn't in charge. He at that wasn't. Point. So he's come now onto the grass. 
and said, we're not having this. <laughs> we are not having this. You must have heard you on our He heard me and he went on that grass and he started to do the right thing. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's like, for example, obviously they've got like Emil Heskey, who's come from the men's game mm. as well, who's part of the sort of leadership in terms of like expectation of a sort of one club mentality. Yeah. Um, he's also got sons who play youth football as well. So... I guess trying to bring that professionalism across mm. in terms of the expectation of actually the standards that the women should have alongside what the, the boys and the mm. men should have. I think it's it's filtering through. And I think the girls believe that actually they're part of this club. Like they want, like the where the journey they're trying to take them. They're not trying to blag it. Yeah. I think before the strategy on paper wasn't yeah. matching the drills yeah. on the pitch. But Is now... It? Yeah, it's true. Because their training, training facilities there, I mean, I went up there, mm. it was... Yeah, phenomenal. They got the old the men's old training ground, and yeah. it, it's still perfect. But in terms of them, what they're selling, because Dan Rose, who was at Reading yeah. when I was there as a coach, like for her to go there, I kind of was like, oh, you chose Leicester, and I'm sure there was plenty of WSL teams that wanted mm -hmm. there. And I kind of was like, oh, okay, so there has to be something right there, and obviously the results are now showing on the pitch for her to be like, yeah, I'm going up there. Hundred percent. They've obviously like. Their next four runner games, though, what is it? Chelsea, no, City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs. City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs. I've, I've, okay, so yes, I'm assuming Leicester would want to take points for mm. them those games, but I think if they don't take points, mm. maybe not too much against Spurs. I think they'll be if, thinking, if they don't take, I think they'll be thinking Liverpool and Spurs. Literally, I'm thinking they're, they're thinking yeah. they're going to get some points, yeah. which rightfully so, but also it's a real measure of where they are and mm. the progress that they've got. So I think it will give them something that will help them to still continue progressing in the, mm. in the right direction. So it, it's a win-win situation. Like you said, they're already up. They're staying up because they've already they got They picked them. up seven. So they're, they're <laughs> less a fantastic season. job. Now they can play. But you know what was an interesting point actually from Willie, which he said in his interview after the game is that they need to stop. Now his players can stop fearing the badge or something along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact words that he, that he said, but it was an interesting quote that he had because mm -hmm. I feel like he felt that like his players would see an Arsenal or Man United yeah. and Man City and kind of like they have that fear factor in terms of their approach to the game. Mm. He said, now we've gone and done, that's a big result for them. Yeah. Now the players might stop fearing the badge. Yeah, we had so it was interesting. We, we had that sort of transition when we was at Charlton. Obviously, Charlton Athletic is not the... Like it's not, it's not your it's not your sticker book panini got shiny that you want, <laughs> and it was like you play against Arsenal, you play against your Fulhams mm. who were professional, and it was just like oh, but they're but I think the players yeah. they just knew like man for man and collective as a team like everyone's beatable mm. and like, yeah once you get that mindset and you work for each other mm. which again got that they've got that mm. it's eleven v eleven yeah true. so. Anyone, anyone can win. Anyone can have a bad day. Um, we can play well, and it just gels. Everyone, it clicks, and yeah, let's stay we end up, up unbeaten so far in the league. So let's, well done, um, let's stay up north. Let's stay with Man City because I made the, the comment last week mm -hmm. after seeing their performance against Chelsea. I was like, you know what? If Chelsea don't win the WSL this year, I believe it'll be City that does it. Yeah, and then obviously I know they're playing Bristol, and it's a you know a team that they are expected to take maximum points off, but another dominant performance. Five-headed goals, Earth. Oh, Five-nil win and five-headed goals. I, I was like, I don't think I've heard of this. That's sh is that Sean Gota again? Is he, so I'm set, is but he that's doing another, That's work? another example of somebody that's been through it, mm -hmm. gone through the, as a professional at Manchester City, obviously gone through the academy with the boys and now transitioned across to the women yeah. and helping with that like and how it all looks. 
similar to what you were saying about Heskey. So, so, is that, so is that a good example where the, when the men come into the women's game? Because we've seen some really bad examples where we've kind of shot men Depends how they, men depends how they were. The like, we, for me, if we grew up with male, male, male and female coaches... As, no, but I'm talking about players, as in like former players because sometimes they yeah, just get the job they're because there. they're... Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, we've seen some bad examples. Exactly. Of getting, yeah, sorry. <laughs> But in terms of, but they ain't coming for the job. They're coming to help individual players get better yep. and share those experiences and those small little percentages that potentially could help them with games. And we've seen him put Bunny Shaw mm-hmm. last season. We was like, how? As all of, and obviously she was fighting for a position with uh, Ellen White the year before. So so difficult exactly. because Ellen White, in terms of prolific games to goal ratio, mm-hmm. was, was up there. But then she does a tra- uh, you know the extra stuff with with Sean Gota. And we started to see a difference in Bunny Shaw mm-hmm. massively. She went, her levels just changed. 100%. So I definitely think these players definitely can help our game, Earth. Like, we haven't been coached properly for, for, for years. Mm-hmm. It's only now that transition where the smaller, finer technical details that we think we already know, we don't, yeah. that these guys can help us with. So for sure, those two are perfect examples of it. So when are you going across? When they pay me the money. <laughs> You must, you must have, you must have something to add to the game. Obviously, I think I can. You can, like, obviously, you've played it at a high level. You analyze it. You've been watching it, and you just ain't had a job. Fr, they can't afford me right now. Okay, that's what it is. It's the, it's, it's the financials. But no, I think that along with how much time you have to give. Yeah, like coaching is like you think I've played what twenty three and a bit years. Like you commit everything to that Mm. every day. Your choices that you make, you, you know, you miss out on a lot of things. To then go into coaching. I tried it for a few months at, at Reading, probably didn't get opportunities, probably wasn't ready mm-hmm. um, in terms of that as well. I was doing my badges alongside trying to start out on that coaching. But you don't really get an opportunity to go straight into coaching where you can get on the grass mm-hmm. and fail because now it's a results-based results. business. So for any aspiring coach that retires or whatever to come through and retire and just take up a job, doesn't really happen. Yeah, doesn't it, Like, rarely it happens. Or rarely you're ready and you've got to have a good backroom staff. It's different in the men's game. Like when, when Gerard and Rooney and that retire, mm-hmm. they already have coaches that would love it. It's a dream for them to work with them and they can mm. get all the money to get a backroom staff ready to help guide mm. those players and transition them into management. Who am I bringing? You? Me and you? Mate, I was just about I can't, to say. Can't you? <laughs> you can't afford me. I'll come so, there. So, so there's a huge difference in terms of like how you do that. And look, I, I love the, the te- more technical side of it, mm-hmm. breaking down that detail with, with players and trying to help them with that. But... Yeah, in terms of clubs wanting that on a more casual basis, I'm not sure that they do. I think I can see you more as an international manager, though, rather than like... Really? Yeah, because Yeah, because you don't need to be on the grass like every single day, so it gives you frees up time for you I to like do stuff. On the grass. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got time. And yeah. then I think like having the best of the talent to work with mm-hmm. and to be able to implement like your tactics. stance, your, your tactics, how you want them to play, I think will be really Can good. I think that I think that listen, I think it'd be really good. They'd be like, Farrah again, you're talking." <laughs> so yeah, international manager. I think international manager would be good. Mm-hmm. I'll come and just like I'll be like player liaison. Okay. So I'll just bring the vibe. But in fact, can... I got told I'd probably be a better player liaison than a wood coach. <laughs> no, international manager. So imagine. we'll see. Can you imagine? I can imagine. I'm just saying that because Central has a vacancy. So we're talking about internationals. Yes. This week we're here in the media. The new Moroccan manager. Talk to me. Ugh, there's nothing to talk about. Like, to, okay, there's a, there's a couple of things to talk about. First thing is, are we as fans and players, are we 
right to be the judge and give comment in terms okay, of... Explain, sorry, because I, I didn't even tell people what I'm talking about. I just said it's been... I'm expecting that everybody already knows that Morocco have signed the former, former Spanish, Spanish manager. head coach um, who obviously we've seen what happened in the World Cup in the summer. Um, was it right for them to sign him so soon after the, the obviously them parting ways with the, with the national team? Or as Erfa says, should we be the judges of that? Yes or no? So what's your opinion of it, Erfa? Yeah, I, I think obviously we, we can't say you're guilty without being proven. Uh, but there's, there's a process that has to go through. But I guess on the same side, we have the accounts and the stories and the stuff from players mm. and people that have worked in and around that space. But I think we, we still can't officially make a judgment. We can't be law and order mm. of the whole situation. I think Morocco, as a governing organisation, they would have, would have or should have looked at it and, mm-hmm. and they assumed, they've come to that conclusion, that he's the right man for the job. How players then feel... I don't that's know what how, I'm interested in, to in know. Terms of the impact, like what's their reaction going to be? That, that's what I'm interested. Is it to just know. about football? That's the thing. Is it about us being better as a nation and us because just growing or integrity? I think the integrity the inte- has to be in there in terms of players, like 100. percent But you think right? So the, was it the president of the, of the Spanish team? We obviously saw what happened. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't actually the manager that actually, in the public eye, did anything that we could have an opinion of. Mm-hmm. Our opinion of of the manager is based off of what the players have been saying for a few years and mm-hmm. the treatment of the players mm-hmm. under his leadership. Yeah. So it's there's nothing factually that we've seen on the eye for us to go, actually, he did this wrong or whatever. He's mm-hmm. just won a World Cup. So if you look at his CV, he's just won a World Cup. But something has to have been wrong for the players to have felt the way that they did for 18 of a squad of 23 or whatever to not want to play for their national team and represent yep. them under that management. Yeah. So something has to have not been right for them to not want to meet up. Because they were yeah. all proud to, to represent Spain. They were all really gutted and upset. You've you, you seen the reactions when they weren't a part of that 100%. winning team. So you're right as in we can't judge him because we don't, actually don't know the facts. Mm-hmm. But based off how the players have said for many years now, the treatment of it, something can't have been right. There can't have been that many players not feeling that the treatment of the squad was correct if it was. Yeah. And I guess for us, for, for me as well, I guess coming from a diverse community, which has a, a massive Moroccan community, do they have a voice? Do players have a voice? When Tell we look me. culturally in terms of male and female, do they have a say in who's going to be their next manager? Or, the, or should they just be grateful actually they've got they've got a women's team mm. and that they're playing? And I would that suggest that they seen. don't have a voice, sir. That's just my opinion. Yeah. My opinion would be on that decision, I don't think the Moroccan women's national team would have had a, 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 had a voice as to whether he should be taken charge or not. That's my opinion. But in, in addition to that, again, Should would, they? They, would they have, yeah, would they, exactly, would they have had insights yeah. to be able to make that judgment or again? And which national team, thing? which, like, again, which national team does have play representation when it comes to recruiting new managers? I know some clubs do. Mm-hmm. I've heard that in the WSL, I've heard players say that when they were looking for new managers, that there's a, a, a group of players, a leadership group of players at the club that mm-hmm. names will be put to them and they'll have feedback as to who they would prefer etc but does that happen at international level i don't think it, i haven't seen or heard of it too so why would players be given a voice when it comes to that yeah is it just because of the situation that come before i think it, it's a safeguarding thing for mm-hmm. me it's for, forget about like he's obviously talented he's done mm-hmm. his badges he's done he's won has the credentials <laughs> he's won a world cup he's got the credentials in yeah. terms to be considered <clears throat> for me it's about the well-being piece mm-hmm. so 
we've got to look at look at it like any em- other employee who's going to work is the environment safe for that employer mm-hmm. to come to work and perform and well, if that is at risk mm-hmm. in any way shape or form then it shouldn't override just having that talent in because they're a good talent agree and and when you think back to the what when it was all going kicking off with the spanish team national team how much of the staff stepped away until change was made my also point was why did they only step away when something was highlighted like that? Why didn't they feel they should have stepped away earlier to highlight the fact of what the players were saying before that, as in the, mm. the well-being part of them as staff not being treated correctly? Because clearly they weren't, yeah. and only made a stance when the players won the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? People have to live. So, this is this is the okay, bottom line. So yeah. people obviously put profit mm-hmm. over people, of course. Um, and sometimes you, you're you're not driven and led with integrity and maybe you don't have the means and the resources around you and the structure to be able to take that leap of faith. And mm-hmm. if nobody else is doing it, because there's so many times where things are just not right, but it, that two wrongs don't make a right. Not mm-hmm. because everyone's doing it wrong. Do you continue doing it wrong? That's why I'm not in a lot of spaces, but <laughs> it's about actually who's, who's going to take that risk? Who's going to be the person that, no, that, I agree. that, that scapegoat that's, that's, that says, oh no, this wrong thing's happening when nobody else is standing up. It's been a problem in the women's game for so many it's years. It's been right? a problem in the women's game but. for, like we talk about Spain and Morocco, but there's so many other things oh, of across, course, uh, across the women's yeah, game. So we, we could literally be here all day. Let's but, get some opinions sent into us what you lot think about yeah. this topic in particular. But. And we'll definitely be keeping up to date to track it, to see mm. what happens. If he stays, does he go? Why does he go? Why does he stay? Uh-huh. I think all of those, that's a transparency well, the view, that we need. The, the view it will be interesting. But uh, before we answer some fans' question, obviously Gabby George went off with a bit injury in the first, was it open in eight minutes of the yeah. Man United Leicester game? There was question marks about what it was. So yeah, we've it's been announced she's done at ACL. So wish you the very well in your recovery. Hopefully it's a speedy one. Um, but yeah, thoughts are with you on that one. And we'll just take some questions. But we've had we've done it different this week, whoa, right? Whoa, 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 what? whoa. Can we just congratulate Mary Drake Earps on her hundredth appearance for Man United? Oh, of please? course you're going to go Man United. Can we congratulate <laughs> Erin Cuthbert on her two two hundredth appearance and the goal, two hundredth appearance and the goal, and coming on and scoring a goal for Chelsea? Congratulations! Congratulations both. That's how you did Man United? Look at you. I nearly forgot, but we didn't forget. That's why I got Man yeah, United dream team. and you got a Chelsea. Yeah, blue and red. Well done. different earth they, they've I done know. some videos in to ask us some questions because we, so, we want to yeah. know who our fans are because you know that sometimes you want some, to know what some keyboard warriors we want to put some names to some faces um yeah we want to get to know who our who our followers are our listeners are uh, thank you for sending in your video questions um and actually i think we're gonna in a few weeks maybe invite some of the fans to come and see behind the scenes of the BBB podcast and ask a question behind the scenes and ask some questions from behind the scenes so get you down here to the studio um, and see how crazy Farrah really is in (laughs) in real life Um, they can see it anyway through the lens All right, so some of the fans' questions. So we haven't actually seen these, so no, I know that's what I mean. Oh, I like to prepare before I, I need to prepare. I, I need to skip my answer, uh, <laughs> as I always do. <laughs> hey, girls, love the podcast by the way. Uh, so my question is about Aston Villa in their current form. Firstly, are they going to improve enough this season? Um, had some tough games, but yeah. And uh, if you were Rachel Daly, maybe even Jordan Nobbs, would you be looking to go to a bigger club should their form not improve? Thank you. Good question. Very good question. Firstly, 
I'll, I'll, I'll give my opinion and obviously I'll let you off because I, I, I'm, I'm nice me. like that. Thanks. <laughs> no, because it's, it's actually a really good question. Have they improved? I don't think we can judge them based off the first three games. I don't think Villa would have come into it thinking that they're going to take maximum points against United in their opening game. I don't think they'd have think they were going to go to Arsenal and take maximum points. I think they'll be disappointed in that defeat to Liverpool. So I think out of the, the nine points that was on uh, out there for them, losing the three against Liverpool, they can be disappointed with that and the performance that came with that. I think the performances they gave against United and Arsenal, mm-hmm. they can be happy with for sure. And have showed improvement with that. They still got Kenza Darley to come back. Yeah. And I think she adds to that. And obviously then adds to the, the connection that she built with Rach Daly last year. Does Jordan move on from Aston Villa? I don't know where she goes. No. She just come from Arsenal. Aston Villa was her next choice. Does she go abroad maybe? Mm. In terms of other top WSL teams, I'm not sure where she sits in that at the mm. minute. She's not even getting regular place at Villa. Whether that's because she had a long... Um, World Cup with England who knows but maybe Daly could move on because yeah. I think Daly's got the, the quality still and is at the level and, and he's improving to go and maybe be at a bigger club than Aston Villa yeah. or go and play abroad again I, I think just listening to obviously I don't know Carla personally but I think she would have been disappointed not to take points against both of those yeah no I agree that against United I, and us I think she definitely would would have been playing for the win and I think um, they did and definitely disappointed in terms of the Liverpool game Daily definitely will move on, I believe, at some point mm. um, in the future. Not discrediting Villa, but I think just in terms of her as a player and her aspirations, we've seen she's not afraid to go abroad. Mm. So she'll look for another top club. I'm not too sure if it'll be in the WSL, but more than likely somewhere else abroad. Um, but I definitely feel they'll be disappointed with 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 not. Taking. I'm not picking up a point, but I yeah. only think from the only think from the Liverpool game. No, I think from all games. Yeah. No, I think they'll be disappointed, but I don't think that they thought that they I would. do. No, I don't. I do. I don't. So we agree to disagree. Of course, as we always do. Thank you for the question. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my question is, what is your opinion on the treatment of Alessia Russo at the latest Manchester United versus Arsenal match a couple of weeks ago? Um, the crowd were very vocal in booing her. Um, and I've always liked the family friendly feel of the matches and the fans reactions. This one seemed a little bit harsh. We didn't see it when Beth England went to Spurs. Really interested in your opinion. Thanks. I'm taking That's a this good one. one. You can take that. I love it. though. I love the booing. Me too. Like, we I agree. Love, I loved it. I loved it. Like, obviously, like, Alicia is a top player. And she obviously, anything that she's watched in terms of football, she, she would have seen that from 100%. the men's game. And when you're growing up and you want to be a professional player, like I thought I was going to be, uh-huh. playing for the men's team. <laughs> God, uh-huh. You expect that is part of your the environment. Mm. So, yeah, obviously, she's she's got an emotional attachment and stuff mm-hmm. and they, really, they they love her but in terms she's with a rival now so it's yeah. part of what fires you on and yeah it's part of the game I love it I, I agree I, I love the fact that she was getting booed but not I think I think she actually performed with that mm. I think we're too nice sometimes as fact like you want that little bit of banter between fans it is just friendly banter it's mm. a bit of booing let them know that actually she meant something to that club 100. and for her to go to a rivalry team we're a bit bitter about that mm-hmm you're a top player. When You don't hear crap players getting booed. No. Because why are they booing them? They wouldn't. Yeah. So she's a top player. I LJ think had I actually, the same when she went to Chelsea, Of course. Right? Exactly But I'm saying, like, Arsenal fans booed LJ and, was, and, 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 you know, she did the whole one. I loved it. Or whatever it was, one or two, I loved it. I just think, yeah, that's how you keep them quiet. And, and she obviously hit the post. If that had gone in, you know, she could have just shoulders back, had a good performance. 
her if she had a collar, it would be like... Can't ask her, but her performance against United was very good, mm. given the fact that she was being booed the whole game. I think she actually thrived off it. Top yeah. players can do that. Yeah. So we actually enjoyed the um, booing. My question is, if Arsenal can't secure Mary Earps in the January transfer window, should they just wait it out or sign another world-class keeper? Thank you. You're the goalkeeping expert, Earth. Look, you see, I'll to look be to honest, you. I don't think she'll go in January. I don't think she'll go in January. Yeah. She'll go at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, do they get someone else in between that? I don't. It's, it's pointless. They'll just, mm-hmm. they'll just be getting someone just to get someone. I think they they've laid they made their bed now. They've got mm-hmm. to lie in it and just yeah, just have faith in in the keepers that they've Actually, got. Actually, do you know what? Earth? It's mad. Look, since Berger, D'Angelo, they're not bad goalkeepers. They're, they're not bad goalkeepers. I was thinking that on Sunday. They're not, the like, literally, they're not bad goalkeepers. Like, in terms of shot stopping and stuff like that, I think Zinsberg, in terms of, like, her takes went from crosses at mm. times. I think that it's put Arsenal under pressure at times. Mm. But they're not bad goalkeepers. They will, I think, with a better goalkeeper, say, for example, if they bring a better goalkeeper, would, would challenge them and probably mm. lift their standards. You can get complacent at a team. Yeah. And Zinsberg has not really had any real competition yeah. at the club. So for her to go to, because sometimes you can as a player, it's like, oh, it's easy, I need that next challenge type thing. They're not bad goalkeepers. They don't need to replace him in January. Yeah. But I know it was an area that Jonas was keen to bring in, a, you know, a world-class goalkeeper to maybe have that competition. Yeah. You've seen Arteta do it with the men. Should, should I be honest? Go on. Zinsbergen needs to go to another club. I think she goes to another club and she performs really, really well. I think... What, what do you think? I think... they. Don't, I don't think they trust her. As players? a team, as a team, okay. like in in terms of being that extra player, and mm-hmm. and I don't think, and I think she knows that she she wants to be respected a bit more and trusted a bit more, and she, I don't think she has that. I think she goes to any other club, and that level that we're talking about, in line with maybe not as good as Mary Ertz, but in and in around line, that yeah. country, she performs like that in any other in any other big club. I think she's at. I think psychologically. There's a there's a there's a barrier, and she need, in order for her to perform the way that she knows she can, when she and she has come, a, yeah. and she has the talent to, she needs she needs to move to another club. That's just my my opinion. Interesting. Hey, Farinafa, my question for you is: What are your opinions on there being twelve minutes added on at the end of the Arsenal game? It was a great win for the Gunners, and it was also great to see Beth Mead back on the pitch and get an assist. You saw our reaction. We both were like 12 minutes. I promise you. I can't even. I don't know where 12 minutes come from. Like, I don't know where they come from. I mean, I'm happy there was 12 minutes for sure because I'd have been sat here looking a little bit different today. (laughs) So I was really happy for those 12 minutes. But please tell me where they're buying minutes from in the women's game at the minute because I ain't got a clue. What's the name? Freedom on and went down in the first half for how long? Uh, Forever. busted nose? Forever. They played how much extra time? It wasn't even 12 minutes. I was literally, I promise you, the women's game. why, Why did they, what I'm saying, why did, that was in the first half? Yeah. But first time added on time was two minutes or four minutes, whatever it was, yeah, four minutes, four. wasn't it? Yeah. What happened in the second half that needed 12 minutes added on time? You were there. because Every time it, they stopped, I promise you, they, they must have put that stopwatch off. You know, like sometimes like a game just runs and there's a few seconds mm-hmm. to it just goes on. They stopped it for every single moment, which I get it, but it, we don't want to see games that I've got 12 minutes added on. Like what? What are we doing in terms What's of managing the game then, where we're having to add that much amount of time at the end? Mate, I ain't got a clue. It's just, it's yeah, it's getting ridiculous now. We what might was it in total? One hundred six minute the game. One hundred and so forty five each yeah. half. Four minutes added plus 12. 16 added mm. on. One hundred six minutes. 
So football now has gone from a 90-minute game to 106-minute games. Wow. <laughs> I'm know. glad I retired when I did. Mate. What level, on the, what te- what level on the yo-yo test is that? <laughs> it breaks the, breaks the tape. <laughs> Mate, it breaks the tape. Yeah, oh, it's, um, it's silly. far too long. Um, we have to look at it in terms of just managing the game maybe a bit better. Um, and... You know what's yeah. funny? Yeah, I heard, I heard, and I don't know how true it is, but I did hear that they obviously, you know, like how long the ball's in play out of the 90 minutes is really low. Yeah. And I heard they were saying they want to improve how long the ball's in play for. Mm-hmm. You know how they're improving it? By making the game longer. So factually, at the end of the season, they're going to go, whoa, the game's gone from a 90 minute game, the ball in play for 36 minutes, mm-hmm. to they're going to still set some 90 minute game, but the ball's in play for 52 minutes. But they're not going to add on that. Well, I'm now actually playing 106 minute games. I'll leave that so to you that and your PGMLLL um, training. Uh, but thank you for your questions. Um, oh. Yeah, we want to see more. Great to see some faces behind the questions and we look forward to, to receiving some more next week. So you don't have to wait for us to say, send them in. Just send them in if you've got any questions that you want to ask. Rafa likes to read through them during the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives us something to do. Send me some videos, yeah. Um, so we can uh, have a look and make sure that we can pick some to to answer from our instagram that's it then from this week that's it from today bye see you later thank you guys